0: got a lot of things going through my head. I should only have one thing going on through my head right now. But i got a few things going on. So, a couple of things I want to do. I want you to be aware of, and I want you to understand that we want to continue to help and serve and be servants in this church. And one thing that we haven't made you aware of, and I want you to be aware of, if you have the app, do you have the Church Center app on your phone? I hope you do. If you go into the Church Center app, and you uh, get to the main page, the home page, and if you scroll all the way down, there's red boxes all along this, and at the bottom, you know what? Let's just do it. It's really easy. Get the church app. You go to the home page, and it kind of looks, oh yeah, you can all see that, can't you? If you scroll down, there's a red box and the last red box says forms. And when you hit that box that says forms, the very first form that comes up says help needed. And this is for our helping hands ministry. And if you're in a place where you're unable to get some of these projects done at home now, we're not talking roofing your house. We're not doing that. But maybe you need some Weeds done, or you need something done in a garden, or you need some of these type of helps because of your uh, lack of ability, or your lack of family, or whatever it may be. We want to be able to help out with that. If you hit that help needed form, it gives you a couple prompts, and it'll send an email to me, and then I'll be contacting you, and we'll see what we can do to help out. But we want you to know that this is available. We have a team called the Helping Hands team that have been out doing projects throughout the spring and here into the early summer. And they've been helping out multiple people. And if the people that could tell you how much it's helped them, they would. They're very grateful. The few that have had that help. I got a couple down here that have had that help. And they're very grateful for what has happened. So that is there. We'll continue to make you aware of that. And then the second thing that I want to tell you about this morning, uh, because I want to tell you now, because we'll see how the end of the service comes about. But just so you know that when you leave this morning, there's two tables outside of both sides of the uh, main staircase. Uh, so as you go out, either exit door in the very front of the building only, there's, there's tables there. Now, Pastor Pat's been telling us over the last few weeks to continue to be praying, right? To be preparing ourselves. To get ready to be witnesses and to be witnesses to those that are around us in our community. Well, last Nope, not last Wednesday, but the week before, Pastor Pat did a little bit of a study, and he found out about some houses. He, he, what he did is he went in a mile direction from our location here, and he went in a mile direction each way, north, south, east, and west, and he had some system help him calculate how many streets, residential streets, and, and different things where there's housing available And I think it came up with like 256, if I remember the number right. 256 streets. And what he did is he broke all those down and he put them on cards. And he passed them out. And I think like on each card, I believe there's either seven or eight. I think it might be seven. Cheryl, do you remember? Or six. (laughs) There are some street names on there. Now, there are street names within a mile of our building. All right? And what we want you to do is pick them up only if you will promise to pray for them. And that's where we're starting. We're doing our best that we can in here to do training and teaching and encouraging and admonishing and these different things. But what we want as a congregation is let's get these cards and let's start praying for those in our community and how we can impact that or bring an impact into their lives and how they can come in and impact our lives too. Does that sound pretty cool? So you can start picking these cards up. And if you will, it's just street names. And you begin to start praying for them. And I would ask that you put it in a prominent place in your life that you start praying for these people. And you begin to pray for them that, that the Lord is going to do a work through and with Bethesda Christian Church. And maybe they'll all come. I don't know. Most importantly, they come into the body of Christ. That's what we want is we want body of Christ to be impacted because we're praying for these individuals. We're praying for their households because we love them. We care for them. We want them to come to know Jesus in a way that we have an opportunity to know Jesus. I hope you could get excited about that. So on the way out, I'll remind you. But, I, okay, thank you. (laughs) Here's the deal. I'll let you completely off the hook. If you're not convicted... Don't pick up a card. Nobody's here to twist your arm. We want people that are convicted, that care about their community. And we're not just wanting them to come in here. We want the opportunity of how do we get out there to where they're at and meet them. Maybe, maybe you could be sitting in one of those houses one of these days, just talking to them, getting to know them and sharing the love of Christ with them. I get excited about that. And I hope that you'll continue to do that. And Pastor Pat gave me the permission to, to put the cards out like he did on Wednesday night and I hope that you'll consider that. All right, today I wanna say happy Father's Day to all the fathers. I wanna say happy Father's Days to all those that are called pops. I wanna say happy Father's Day to all the daddy-o's. Do I have any daddy-o's in the crowd? I'm a daddy-o. My kid, my oldest son, Matthew, every time he see hey, daddy-o. It makes me feel comfortable and warm. I love it. How about Mr. Fix-It? How many dads are Mr. Fix-It? Don't look at this guy. I didn't see a whole lot of hands go up either. How about Mr. Controller of the remote control in the TV room? Come on, women. Go ahead. You can raise your hands for them. It's just the way it is. I don't know what we... Anyhow... I also want to say thank you, Pastor Rob, for the great opening and encouragement that you brought to all the fathers in the room, to all the fathers that are online. And again, this day is a day that represents a position in life. And I'm going to just talk from my own personal experience that I have found to be a great stage of life. And I'm aware that not everybody in this room is in the same position that I am, that some have not had this. We've, we've all had a father. And I'm sure that there are many different adjectives that uh, you can just use to describe your own father. I hope many of them are positive and good. But I know that's not the case for everyone. And as we're in a system, as I believe Pastor Rob said, we're in a system that they're doing everything they can to try to eliminate, I believe, the patriarch of a home. But see, this is God's design. This is God's process. And I'm going to just say it as simple and easy because of the amount of crowd and residents, or not residents, but uh, congregants that we have in our presence today. God's designed for a man and a woman, and I'll just use the word procreation, and I'm not saying anymore because of that crowd in our room today. But That's God's design. And in God's design, there's great things in that. And unfortunately, not everybody gets to experience that in that way. But we're going where Pastor Rob has already taken us because we're going to talk about God, our Father. I fit in the category of having a really good dad, a great dad, I would say, that's passed on. And I know there are some in that category and others. For those of you that have had no father figure, we're going to be continuing to pray with you. And we are praying with you that your lives may ever be impacted by God, your father. And it's really hard because, you know, (laughs) considerations are so varied when you get into a crowd. Because as soon as you involve people with it, it can get very challenging. People are challenging. And people's personalities and people's behaviors begin to become quite challenging. So let me just say this and we'll carry on. I have no desire today to open any healing wounds and I hope the wounds are healing and I have no hope today to make new wounds in anybody's life. What I would like is a healing for those that need it, to trust in a father who've had no father or hope for those who've lost all hope and to have a faith in a heavenly father who does truly love you. The Bible refers to God as father many times. And while this, t- this title is used um, in preparing or praying a lot of times and in teaching, I was in a group the other day and we had a number of us that were standing around and praying. And, and in this group, there was probably about, I think about 10 of us. And I was just interested because as I listened and I had my ear really in tune, just this past Tuesday, when it was our Tuesday prayer meeting, my ear was really tuned into this. And as everybody would be praying, most people were starting the prayer, oh, Father, we come before you. Oh, Father, or oh, Father. And it was just interesting to hear that. And so it is a lot of times in prayer, we open up, oh, Father, we come before you or whatever. And it was just a really interesting thing. And the problem is we begin to struggle with this concept of father because of some of our upbringings or, or what happened because all, I believe the majority of our concept of fatherhood comes from a flawed human person, a flawed human parent. And how can we think of our God as a perfect father if our earthly fathers have fell or fall short. It is. It's a very difficult thing. I know for the many years that I worked in youth ministry to talk to some of these young uh, students that I was had, had the opportunity, the youth that I had a chance to work with, you begin to talk about a father and they were angry and they were bitter and they were hurt. And some of them didn't even know who their father was. And well, of course that's going to get to a point where it's difficult for them to understand a heavenly father at this point. So, so we're all on the same page today. You know, as, what does a pastor usually do? Goes to a dictionary, he looks it up. You know, we know it's a male parent, it's a man who has begotten a child. The dictionary also includes a reference to a title given to those who are in a religious, a typical, or a, a certain religious order, right? A father of that religious order and to God being called a Christian's father. And this is what I want to focus on today. Today, we're speaking about two fathers. A good father and a not-so-good father. Actually, let me say it, the worst father ever. All right, so now you're thinking, okay, where is he going with this? If I were to name some characteristics, first of all, of a good father father, Here's some of the characteristics I wrote down. I'm assuming you may have too. You would too if you had a chance. How about caring, compassionate, loving, present, knowledgeable, supportive, protective? He would be someone you could depend on to be there when you needed him. He would be there to teach you right from wrong, to celebrate your successes, to pick you up when you fail, to comfort you in your distress, and to discipline you when you need correction. All of these characteristics, I believe, are indicative of a good father and a father that cares about his child. Because I have the opportunity, I'm going to brag on one of my kids today. I won't tell you the name. You'll be able to figure it out. But I woke up to a text this morning, and I'm not going to tell you about the whole text because it will make me cry. (laughs) But he said, Dad, thanks. You know, And he, he said all these different things, and he said... I want you to know I know you're preaching this morning. And I've been praying for you while you're sleeping. And it was just like, oh my goodness. Thank you, Father, for drilling something into my head and being able to be blessed. I don't consider it any skill level, but to be blessed to have a child that could send me Uh, Not a child, let me correct that. A man to send me as a son saying, Dad, I'm praying for you while you're sleeping. That's such a blessing. And I don't stand here to put that in anybody's face because if we have these good characteristics, now we can look at this other father that maybe wasn't so good at all. And I'm guessing if I asked you to list those characteristics, you would just say the opposite type of words of what we just listed. What if this father, though, was so bad that his motivation was to make you sure that as a child you would be as bad and as broken as him? And this father we're going to talk about did not give one iota of care for their child and their well-being. He did not care if their child was right. He, he rewarded when things were done even in a wrong way. And this father that I'm going to talk about here in just a minute celebrated the failures of his children and not their successes. This first father that I'm talking about today is the worst father ever. And of course, his name, we attach to it, is Satan. Now, some of you are going to say, he's not a father. Hang with me. Hang with me. He's devious, he's cunning, he's heartless. He does not care about his children. And if you are wondering why I say that he's a father, here we go, in the beginning he was not a father. We know that in the beginning, prior to Adam's sin, he literally and figuratively had no children. He had followers, he did have followers, and it says a third of the angels in the heaven at that time were rebelling against God with him. So he didn't have, he just had followers at that point. But once Adam sinned by rebelling against God, he opened the door for Satan to have children via sin, coming through sin, entering into this world by disobedience. Many were made sinners and these sinners are referred to as having Satan as their spiritual father. I hope you, I don't think I'm stretching, I don't think I'm grasping or reaching I believe that's the case. And I I think you may agree with me. He's not the father that you want showing up at your high school graduation. He's not the father you want walking you down the aisle when you get married. So as I rehearse a few points, will you do a favor with me? Will you begin to turn to John chapter 8? And as you're turning to John chapter 8, just listen, I'm just going to Try to do a little bit of a review of just some of the things that were going on in chapter eight at this point. In this chapter, the Jews began to question Jesus about his father. And Jesus tells them that because they refused to believe in him, that they would die in their sins. What he was telling them was that he was the only way to receive salvation. And as they continued to press him and who his, father, uh, who his father was, Jesus began to speak about God being the heavenly father and being the father of truth and of what would make them free. Well, this, of course, would, I think I might be a little bit offended if I didn't want to believe, but it did. It offended a lot. And some of them responded with the fact that, well, we're Abraham's descendants. We've never been in bondage. Was that true? No, they were in bondage at that point. How about if I bring up the name Pilate? Does that mean anything? (laughs) Or Herod or the Roman Empire? They were being uh, ruled by the Roman Empire at that point. They were in bondage. Let's look at what we're going to focus on today a little bit more in John 8. I'm going to start in verse 31 and I'm going to read through verse 44 out of the NIV version. And it says, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that you shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room, because you have no room for my word. I'm telling you what I have seen in my father's presence. And you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it it is, you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who told you the truth that I had heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father, Oh, we are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God, his son, or himself, pardon me, is God himself. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The worst father ever, (laughs) I know you've heard the saying, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Have you heard that? Have you ever used it? Well, it's a phrase that typically set in connection with children who show qualities and talents of, of similarity to their parents, right? And sometimes at the bottom of, if it's an apple tree or predominantly an apple tree, because that's one thing I'm a little bit more familiar with, there's plenty a fruit that seems to land right under the tree, right? That f- fruit will drop and you'll find an apple right under an apple tree. And, you know, that's kind of where we get this the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. The fruit falls off the branches and drops to the ground, but it remains close to the tree it came from. See, Jesus made it clear that those who live a life of sin are a slave to sin. And if you are a slave to sin, then your father's the devil. Spiritually, there are only two fathers, and the one we serve is the one we have chosen as our father. You see, this is an interesting thing, and this is something as I was working through this, and I read this statement, listen to this. This is the one situation where everyone gets to choose their father and align to a family. In the natural, you don't get that choice, Right? But in the spiritual realm, we get that choice. See, in verse 44, it speaks of Satan as not holding to the truth. There is no truth in him at all. But we also read in Scripture that Jesus is what? The way, the truth, and the life. See, Satan was against Jesus from the very beginning. And we know that they were together. We have this triune God, right? And I'm not going to go into the whole triune thing, but none of the Word in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. There's no truth in Satan whatsoever. He will not acknowledge Jesus as the truth because there is no truth in him when he speaks his native language is lies. And here's where my problem comes in as we begin to listen to so many voices in our lives. Voices that don't reflect the values of our Lord to the scriptures that we hold on to. And so many of these voices that we hear and we listen to doesn't mean that they can't spout facts, but are they talking about the truth, the truth that we're talking about that comes through God's word. Listen to this, Ephesians 6 and verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. See, the worst characteristics of the worst father ever, the characteristics of the worst father ever, Two of them are right in verse 44. He's a murderer and he's a liar. How can a father like that care about his kids? And how do, he doesn't look forward to, to pleasure with his children. He looks forward to their destruction. He does not provide for them, nor does he love them. And we're told in John 10, 10, the first part of the verse, that this thief, or this father, if you will, this that he is a thief, only comes to do what? Steal, steal, kill, and destroy. His relationship with his children is one of servitude, where they exist to serve him. And when their service is completed, they will reside in a lake of fire with him. He definitely does not have their best um, intentions at heart. All right, enough of that. Let's flip to another page here. Let's go to the page of the story we really want to talk to. So it goes without saying that the good father is the opposite of everything that this worst father ever is. Their characteristics, are the characteristics I've already listed in, uh, at the beginning, and as I review them and as I look and, and begin to question myself, I start to ask the question, why would you ever want to choose this worst father ever if you had an option to choose the best father ever? John 3.16, probably the first verse you ever memorized, or probably close to it, and one of the most rehearsed verses, I believe, in the Bible. This is the, this is the father that we're talking about. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him, his only begotten son, if depending on the version that you read, believes in him and shall not perish but have eternal life. That's the type of father that we're talking about today. Our good father loved us before we were even lovable. Were you ever unlovable? I know I was. He loved us enough to send his son so that his death could represent and he would receive me by adopting me in to his family. Romans eight fifteen, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought, you, uh, brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Oh, that deep idea of Abba, Father, my very own Father. Does that sound like the Father that wants to steal, kill, and destroy? No, he tells us, First Peter, cast all of your cares, cast all of your anxieties upon me because I care for you. God will not only exalt us, but he will do so because he cares for us. And I want a Father that cares about me. And in the natural, you may not have had that, but in the spiritual, you can have that and it can bring healing and restoration into your life. Listen to this verse out of Matthew 7. And I want to read verses 7 through 11. I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. It says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask you for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people, and if you read other versions, it will say, so if you evil people know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Jesus said that if fathers in the natural know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more is God gonna be willing to do these good things for his children? This is a phrase that really just stuck in me and I hope it will stick in you. See, this worst father ever, all he wants to do is take all the time. All he wants to do is take something from you. All he wants to do is take, but this best father ever, this God, our father, is one that all he does is gives. He continues to give to his children. Oh, what a, what a blessing that is. And yesterday, I'm going to stop for just a minute and I try to watch the time. I want to tell you this story. I was at a, I had an opportunity to be in a funeral yesterday uh, for Francis Brooks' husband, Danny. Yesterday, we hosted it here in in our chapel. And I'll tell you what, I wish I could have almost had Francis' two sons come in today. They could have given a great Father's Day message because they gave a tremendous Father's Day message to their deceased father yesterday. They just stood up and just talked about how this man took them and continued to speak into them and tell them how much he cares about them. And he kept them from going into bad directions and, and going in ways. And, and they stood up there and they said it. In a Afro-American uh, culture, in an African-American culture, he said he did everything he could to keep us from going the wrong way when we grew up on the east side of Detroit. And he made us stick together. He said he took me and my brother and they or these two sons said that he kind of put them at the hip where one went, the other one was always there to help because he knew that would bring them strength together. And he spoke life into them. And they both stood up yesterday and said, in the culture that they raised, were raised in, which was a challenging culture, they said, neither one of us smoke, neither one of us drink, neither one of us have done anything with drugs. We both have families. We both support our families. We both love. He said, yeah, we can do that. And I was like, man, what a Father's Day message this was. And the second son, the the middle son, her her son, Dion. Dion stood up and said, when I was 16, I told my dad what I wanted to do for a living. He said, I want to sell drugs. (laughs) I fell over laughing. I want to sell drugs. I see all the money they have. I see the clothes they have. I see the cars they're driving. And this day stood. This dad stood and said, no, you don't want to do that. Because I promise you, they won't be around here in a few years. And they're going to just have ways of always running. They're going to end up in institutions. They're going to end up in jail. They're going to end up dead. It may look good now, but I'll tell you what, you do it this way. And he led them in the ways of the Lord. And he led them in the ways to take care of each other and take care of their families and stay true. And all I could say is I looked at Francis and said, great job, you and your husband, great job. Imagine the joy that our father in heaven has in anticipation of you receiving what he's prepared for you out of the love that he has for you. Oh my gosh. This is a father... This is the father that we as Christians serve. Today, I've only scratched just the surface a little bit of him. And John tells us that God has bestowed so much upon us that he wants to call us his children. And he's adopted us into his family. Imagine two fathers standing side by side. These two fathers standing side by side. I think we have a screen. This is just something I was able to pull together just really briefly. And I wish I would have added a few more words to it. Is it there? Oh, there it is. You can look at it. I tried to put some scripture references so you know that I'm not just talking off the top of my head. Y'all, we have a choice to make. A father who can't stand the sight of you and only gets pleasure from you being in a presence when you're suffering and he sees the pain look at the other father's face because there's something that can be done in the spirit world that I can't completely explain here who would love to have you. Both fathers stand there waiting for your decision. And I know a lot of you have made that decision to follow him with all that's in you. But not everybody here has done that, I don't think. They're waiting for that final decision to stay with the one who hates you, to take a chance on the other one who could love you more than you ever know. I don't know how much decision there is in that. It seems so simple to me, but I know the world we live in, it doesn't make it quite that simple. You had no choice initially, but the Bible tells us We were slaves to sin, but because of what Jesus did, He's removed that from us. We have a Father that loves us, that wants us. So let me close with this message to our fathers. If your children were to be asked which Father your behavior most aligns to, would it be to the good or would it be to the worst? Of the fathers. And the beautiful thing with all of this is God is giving us time to be able to make those changes. If we haven't done so good, we can do better. If we haven't been doing good, we can change. And the best way to do that is making Him Lord in your life, the Lord over your life. This Father loves you, He wants you. Dads, when we're serving God with all that's in us, our kids can't help but see that. Moms, when we're serving God that's with everything in us, our children can't help but see that. It's our responsibility. It's not our responsibility to do what this culture is trying to tell us to do and let them make their own decisions. Be a parent and help them and teach them and train them and lead them That's what we're admonished to do through the word of God, to be that parent. I want to pray with you today. Will you stand with me as we close? Father, we come before you right now. And Lord, I just, I don't want anybody in this place hurting just because of a earthly father that did not hold true to the responsibilities of being a father that looked out and helped and nurtured and cared. Lord, my prayer today is for those that have felt that hurt, that have felt that pain, that have had maybe that betrayal in an earthly father. Oh, Lord, that you can move them into a place where they know that they can trust you and they can begin to see that you're a father that loves them, that you're caring about them, you're concerned for them. And I just pray for each one today that, Lord God, we would continue to search for you, look for you, see the beauty of this God, the father, and how much you love us and care for us and what you're doing from us on a daily basis. Your hand is moving in our lives all the time. Bless these folks. Lord, bless each one that's in this place, each one that's online today, and have them, Lord God, look to you in this spiritual realm of this Father that loves us, that cares for us, that just wants to give to us And not be like the other father, the worst father ever that wants to just steal, kill, and destroy in us. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I just want to give you an opportunity today, if there's that chance that you have not made him the Lord and Savior today. Today can be that day I would just ask. We're not going to try to embarrass you. I'm going to dismiss. If you want to come forward, we would like to meet with you if you are hurting and you are struggling and you don't have that peace of a God that loves you. I would ask that you come down and we will have people here to pray with you and to pray for you at this time. Don't forget to pick up a card if you will pray. If you will pray and ask the Lord to start drawing hearts to his body, to this church, grab one of those cards. Be praying for it. More information will be coming out about that as we continue on through the next number of weeks. Amen? Good day. God bless you. Happy Father's Day to the dads. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.